Romans chapter 8, verse 9, and he uh, Paul talks here about the flesh, so a strange word. Uh, it doesn't simply mean our flesh and bones, like this flesh. He's talking about the sinful nature, uh, the sin, the sin nature that we that we kind of carry with us, but it's not us anymore. So with that in mind, we'll read from Romans 8, verse 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although your body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Father, we thank you for your word, uh, and we thank you for Romans, because it's deep and and complicated as it seems some days. Father, we thank you that you bring revelation from it. You bring your truth, and we pray that you would do that today, that you would bring your life and your truth, and, uh, Father, that you would be the one uh, who is bringing uh, that wonderful uh, life that comes by the Holy Spirit. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been uh, travelling through Romans for uh, a while. don't know how long. Um, and um, in chapter 8, Paul is talking about the great victory we have in Christ that's come to us by the Holy Spirit. We, uh, Even though in Romans 7 we had this great struggle with sin, we are those who keep looking to Jesus for our holiness and so we live with the promise that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And and Paul is now, and he's showing, and it has been showing, that we're no longer under the power of the flesh, we're no longer in the sinful nature, we live by the Holy Spirit. Now last week we talked about the fact that to live by the Spirit means to live in obedience to the law. There's nothing wrong with the law of God. The law of God's good. And the Spirit actually drives us and empowers us to live obedient lives. Now, in this section, Paul goes a bit deeper on, on this and uh, launch into it in verse 9. You, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. You, that is, who are in Christ Jesus, you do not live by the flesh or by the sinful nature anymore. Now, in the previous verse, Paul had said this, those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. So anything you do by your sinful nature, even if it appears to be good, will not please God. Now, that might sound a bit condemning uh, because we know in our hearts we struggle with sin, don't we? So uh, does this mean when you... Are we controlled by sin? Does sin drive us and we have no choice? Well, he says, no, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. 
Now, who is this for? It's for those who have trusted in Jesus for their justification. Now, justification is a word that we've dealt with a fair bit earlier on, but I want to re-dive it in again uh, today. But just justification means God has made us righteous, okay? And self-justification would be, I make myself righteous. Now, I want to give you an example um, uh, from myself about the flesh and the spirit. An example of what self-justification looks like in the darkness of it. Um, in the night, I wake up and I remember all of the things I've done wrong towards people. That's the thing that pains me most. Things I've said wrong, things I've done wrong, and I, I lay there and I think about those situations, I think about those various events, and I go through them one by one, and I work out that I was innocent in that event. You know, when they said I said this, I meant that. And you know, when I did that, that's because I didn't know that. And when they said that about me, that's because they don't know what was going on over there. You understand? The truth is, it wasn't my fault. That's what I'm thinking as I lay in my bed. I was wrongly blamed. I was falsely accused. I'm not making this up. This is what goes on in my head. And at the end of this, I can explain with this event, with this person, with this event, with this person, with this event, with this person, with whatever it involves, it's pretty clear that I'm pure. It's pretty clear that I'm righteous. And then it came to me that I could pray like David does in his Psalms. And he says, Lord, vindicate me or defend me on the basis of my righteousness. And I was thinking to myself, if you did that, God, that would be right. That would be fair. Okay, what am I giving you an example of? Of living by the flesh. Of living in the sinful nature. Of living in self-justification. And it came to me at that moment, um, every one of my actions has kind of got a sprinkle of salt on it, which is sin and self-justification and self-righteousness and selfishness and all of that. What I really needed to pray was this. Vindicate me according to my righteousness, which has come as a gift through Jesus Christ. Can you see that's quite different? I can argue all I like that when I said that, I was completely an innocent and I was blah, 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 blah. But the truth is, all the time, my sinful nature is kind of welling around, making my motives and everything else like a bit off. Okay, so how can we live in the purity of the of life, uh, pure, of, pure of heart that God blesses? By living in the righteousness of Christ and knowing that at any moment, all of our innocence, all of our blamelessness, comes as a gift. Have I made that clear? Does that make sense? If you don't understand, clap your hands. Okay? That's good. Perfect. I am perfectly innocent as a gift through Jesus Christ. And that, living by that fact, is life in the Spirit, not in the flesh. Because when we live trusting in Christ, we are living not in the flesh, but in the spirit, in Paul's words. In the flesh, we have to prove ourselves all the time. 
in the spirit, it is impossible. In the flesh, I can never do enough because the flesh, the sinful nature, it deceives me in so many ways. But in Christ, God sees me as perfectly blameless, innocent, and more than that, he will defend me when I'm in the spirit. He will vindicate me. I am perfectly innocent and blameless, and even more than that, I can please him. In the spirit, God is pleased with my actions. That's what he says in verse 8. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Those controlled by the Spirit can please God. How awesome is that? You know that. You can please God with your actions. When you live in Christ, it's awesome. Okay. And God is on our side, defending us, vindicating us by His own righteousness. Okay. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Okay, this raises a question. Okay, we want to live in the Spirit, but we've got these... Does the Spirit of God really live in me? How can I tell if the Holy Spirit lives in me? Have you ever asked that question? Because a couple of these super spiritual people who, well, they're filled with the Spirit, obviously... How can I tell? Well, he says this. I'll read that verse again. You, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Do you belong to Christ? Have you put your trust in Jesus? Then you belong to Jesus. And, this is working backwards from that verse, the Spirit lives in you and you are in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Bam. Put your trust in Jesus. You belong to Jesus. The Spirit lives in you. You are not in the flesh. You see, Paul's giving us a great hope here in a place where we have our doubts. If you put your faith in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. Why would you, why would I go on about this so much? Why would I? Why would I raise on about this? Because ever since the day, and I mean the day I became a Christian, people have thrown confusion at me about the Holy Spirit, does the Holy Spirit live in every... Surely, if it's been explained, you become a Christian and then later on you get the second whammo, which is the second blessing, which is the Holy Spirit. So you've got these two classes of Christians. You've got the kind of, hmm, a bit prophetic, weak... Well, they believe in Jesus, but they don't really. And then you've got the other ones who have been filled with the Holy Spirit and they kind of wear capes and wear jocks over their pants like Superman does. Okay? Like, I say that uh, comically because uh, it's funny. Okay. You can't even believe in Jesus without the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? Right. That settles it, doesn't it? Okay, and, and, and you can't have a bit, but okay, now we're going to a little bit, and I hope this is something that you love with the grammatical skills. People talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear what I said then? When I said the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I was saying it as a noun, correct? It's never used like that in the Bible. It's always a verb. Oh, that's better. Let's go back and have a look. 
because it's not it's not this thing, this one thing, the baptism with the Holy Spirit that happens as this one event, as this thing. It is a verb. You will be baptized. It will happen to you by who? By Jesus, actually. He is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Uh, you're going to have to go home and look up these passages and, and check on them anywhere where it's in there. It's usually concordance. To be baptized means to be immersed in the Holy Spirit, to be submerged in the Holy Spirit, to be covered with the Holy Spirit. Uh, sometimes uh, Paul talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, burning with the Holy Spirit, walking with the Holy Spirit, receiving the Holy Spirit as you hear, as you re, as you hear by faith. You will receive the Holy Spirit when you trust in Jesus. Okay, this is what I'm saying, and that Holy Spirit comes to you as He baptizes you. And that's not even just a once-off event. Because if, if Paul says, go on being with the whole, filled with the Holy Spirit, that's an ongoing event. If he says, walk the walk of the Spirit or walk with the Holy Spirit, that's an ongoing event, isn't it? As the Holy Spirit you keep receiving, as you live in the Spirit, as you walk in Him. Okay. There are no first-rate and second-rate Christians. It's not like that. Okay? It's like, it's like God has these got some children who he thinks well I guess I'll have to have them and then there's other ones they're not nice ones you only have children of God right yeah you get that and all Christians have full access to the power of God it is true that someday we fall back into the sinful nature and we don't walk the walk of the spirit we don't walk by faith but Paul is telling us something here have you trusted in Jesus? You belong to him. You walk by the Spirit. And the end of the story is you will remain in the Spirit. Yep. Because can you see in this, Paul is saying, this is not you anymore. Why does he have to keep telling us this? Because we're a bit sick and sometimes we think we've dropped out. Or sometimes we think, I've fallen out of Christianity. With what I did, how I lived yesterday, how can I still be a Christian? Well, you live by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Okay. Have you been? Have you trusted in Jesus? You are born again. You are of the Spirit. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. Okay. I would say this. Often people who say, this is my opinion, often people who say there are some Christians who don't have the Holy Spirit are those who are walking by the flesh because they seek to lift themselves up and look down on others. And that's walking by the flesh and pride of life. Romans 8 verse 9, great memory verse. So go home and remember that one. Okay. That's that's one verse out of the Bible. Um, Verse 10. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Okay, when Jesus is in us, our body is dead because of sin. It's been crucified with Christ. It's been done away with. The self is gone. And although it keeps raising its ugly head, we know that the the flesh does that, the sinful nature by self-justification and self-righteousness. I want you to hear the, the word in here. that Self-justification, self-righteousness, self-centeredness, selfishness, self-actualization, 
trying to find your true self, that's like really bad at hiding truth, um, discovering yourself, all of that comes from the fall. It comes from Adam. It, that comes from the sinful nature, right? Because our self is defined and lived out in Christ. We don't actually get to define ourselves. We don't get to find ourselves. We might be lost, but he finds us. And he moves us to a place where we live by the Spirit, where we don't live with the self at the center. Okay, and this is a great power in us. This is the power of the Spirit of God. But the Spirit of God is not just a power. Okay, not a life force, not like Star Wars. Force be with you. Um, the spirit in the Bible is called a he. Always remember this. If the spirit is a he, then he is a person. He is God himself. God himself lives in us. Not just a power force. Okay? We're told you can grieve the Holy Spirit. If you can grieve the Holy Spirit, you can't grieve a power force, can you? You can't grieve electrons. Grieve a power force. You grieve a person, don't you? Holy Spirit's a person, and he is—he is the one who lives in us. And despite the struggles, despite the war we are on between the spirit and the flesh, he will be the victor in us. Can you hear that? He will win. And our flesh—see, he's talking about Jesus. Our flesh is put to death and with Christ we're raised up. Our flesh will once and for all be finally put to death when we die. And who's looking forward to that? Can I just say I'm looking forward to dying? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Because that death will be a great moment of victory. And I long for that day and we long for that day where the flesh will no longer be with us and that war within us will be finished. And we know this. We know who will win this war because we are those who are of the Spirit. Life will win. God will win. Righteousness will win. And we will be given new life in our mortal bodies and we will receive a new body and that new body will have no sin nature. Nothing to be at war with anymore. And it will be a real physical body. But the Holy Spirit will win this war. Who's looking forward to that? Once you say yes to that, it'll make you the most sinful. <laughs> We're just messing around. Okay. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, will give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. This is a fact. This is the victory we have in Christ. We have no victory apart from Christ. It is his victory. It's not ours, but we are connected fully to him, which is why we remain in him. You know, when, when Jesus says, stay connected to the vine, he's saying, live by the Spirit. Stay connected to Christ. Walk in him. Walk with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit and so on. 
or Paul describes it in other places, let the word of Christ dwell in your hearts richly. Okay, I've lost a bit of thread. So then, verse 12, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. We no longer walk by the flesh. We are no longer under an obligation. He says, we're not under an obligation to sin. It's not even in the default position. Okay? Yeah, you have to work hard well, it doesn't feel like that yesterday. It, yesterday. It doesn't feel like that Tuesday. Yeah. Well, I think James, the famous theologian James, said yesterday, uh, this is their quote, do you look to God for the end game? Do you look to God for the end game? Well, that's, hmm, that's looking by the Spirit. Looking to God for the way you know it is. For all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. Now, Jack, uh, next week is going to flesh this out, what it is to be a son of God and then a child of God. But why would he say son if I start and then go to be child? Uh, we're all going to be men in heaven. No, that's not the case. <coughs> Don't get me wrong. Glad about that. Uh, but the sons of God are talking about the heirs of God, those who will inherit everything of him and his stuff. We'll explain all that to you next week. But for now, see this. The Spirit drives us and leads us and empowers us to obey the law. That was last week. And here Paul tells us what the heart of obeying the law looks like. It is what the heart of living by the Spirit looks like. It is knowing the Father. Knowing the Father. Because, you see, the law is always just a set of rules unless God calls for it. And Jesus never prayed anything without the Father, did he? Because, as I said before, the Holy Spirit is a person and God the Father is a person and fundamental to true heart obedience is in a relationship with the Father. Does that make sense? You're, you're not in a relationship with a law type. You're in a relationship with Father God who loves you and sent his son to die for you. So it's personal. The Christian life is personal. Sin is personal. It's against the person. And the Spirit does this wonderful thing in our hearts, which is, it, it is I, I could say this, it is one of the, if not the greatest gift of all life, is that in our hearts, the Holy Spirit cries out and we know we know God as Father. Because I tell you, when you pray, sometimes when you're praying, say Father and then, oh, because you've already said enough sometimes. Because the Holy Spirit is active in you. When you know Him as Father, what could be more beautiful than that? We walk with the Father. We pray to the Father. We know Him as Father. This means the Holy Spirit is in us. We long to, well, say this, if you long to know God deeply, the Holy Spirit's living in you. He drives you to that. People don't long to know God. They might long for a philosophy or an answer to life, but to 
long for a relationship with the Father. The Holy Spirit's in you. And he, he causes you to, to, to go beyond the obedience just to say, I want you, Father. I want to know you above all else. And that is life by the Spirit, life in all its abundance, life in all its fullness, life as we were designed for. These passages are so deep. Pray that you'd go home and read them, you'd get to preach on them again, you'd play them as you go. But um, I want I want you to hear from this today the encouragement that Paul's giving you. If you trust in Jesus, you are in the Spirit, you belong to Him, you have everything. Walk by the Spirit. You have to actually fight not to walk by the Spirit, but don't. Walk by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Father, we want to give you thanks for all that you've done for us. And uh, we pray that we would be men and women who live in the power of your spirit. I pray that you would empower us to leave behind the flesh, to walk on in your power, to walk knowing and loving you. I pray that you would teach us to live in the intimacy it is to be loved by you. I pray that you would teach us to be those who are under your authority. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh,